Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring an offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Good morning and welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome to everybody who's right here in the worship center on the Modesto campus. And welcome to everybody who's joining us live right now on our online campus. Glad to be with you wherever you are. And if it's your first time at Big Valley Grace Community Church, we're really glad that you're here. Welcome. We hope that today's a great encouragement to you. And we're glad to be together. And thank you, my friend. We're in a series where we're looking at life groups together. And before we get into that, we're going to be in John 13 mostly. That's where I'll read from the most today. If you want to take your Bible, you can turn to John 13. If you don't have a Bible, we want to get you one right here on the Modesto campus in the altar room. It's a room we pray for people. If you need prayer after the gathering, come to the altar room. But we have Bibles there, good Bibles, nice Bibles, the free Bibles, a gift from your church family we want to give you. If you're with us online, reach out to our online campus pastor, Brandon Peterson. We want to get you a Bible. Before we get into that, I want to give you an update about one of our pastors, Pastor Jim Huckaba. He and his wife, they just received a call and have accepted a call to serve at a church in town, North Modesto Church of God, that Pastor Jim would be their interim pastor. And this is something that they have done many times where they've gone to a church and served. Pastor Jim has served as an interim pastor. And I am happy for him and his wife. And we are really thankful for that church. They are receiving an incredible gem of a couple. Pastor Jim has taught in a number of environments here at our church. He's served as one of our lay pastors during this past season, and we have been incredibly blessed uh, by them. They're an amazing couple, and I'm excited for the work that God has for them in this new season, but also I'm excited for that church because his leadership is exceptional and his teaching is exceptional, and they're going to be an incredible blessing. And so I want to take some time to pray for Pastor Jim and his bride, Linda, right now. Will you join me? Father God, Lord, thank you that even as we're gathered right now, Pastor Jim is gathered at, with the church, the local church at North Modesto Church of God to be teaching the word and to be shepherding. And so, God, I'm so thankful for them. They're an amazing couple. Uh, they've been a great blessing to me, to our church family here. Uh, in a lot of ways. And now, Lord, you've given them a new assignment, the, the H team, as they like to call themselves, the H team. And they've got a new assignment to serve. And uh, what, a, what an incredible opportunity uh, for them to use their wisdom and their expertise. They have had so many years of serving you. And to use that to go bless another local fellowship. I'm just really glad about that. I'm really thankful for that, for the body of Christ. So may the body of Christ grow, and that, that includes us right here. And Lord, would you help us to grow as we're going to spend time in your word? Would we honor you in everything we do? And would we be more and more like the head, Jesus Christ? 
So continue to create us into your image, renew us into your image, the image of our creator. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, we have our Believe journals are now available. And there's a table out in the lobby. You can pick these up. And we're going to be going through a 13-week series starting in two weeks that will go through our statement of faith, the key doctrines of our church that bring unity to us as a body of believers. I'm very excited for our church family to walk through this. And the journal's gonna be helpful for a number of reasons. One, on the weekends, we're gonna be going through the statement of faith. But also, this journal will provide an opportunity for you daily to be in the word of God regarding each of our key doctrines. In addition, one of the goals we have for the series, the Believe series that's coming up, is that our church family would learn to discuss and dialogue our statement of faith, to really learn how to talk about it. And you need to be in a group to do that. You need to be in a group with other people to be able to talk about what we're gonna be walking through. And so the emphasis thus right now is on life groups, which is what we'll be looking at today. We really wanna encourage you to be in a life group. If you're already in a life group, you're gonna learn some things today about how I'd like to challenge us in life groups. If you're not in a life group, we're gonna help you take that step today. So before we look at, you know, best case scenario for life groups, we're gonna kind of start with looking at how to do it wrong. So these are groups that destroy life, all right? And we're gonna walk through the acronym LIFE, L-I-F-E. And as we look at each of these, this is, this is not what we want. This is not what we're going after. The first is L, lying. Groups that destroy life are built on lies. And a group operating in deceit destroys trust. I can remember uh, an instance where I was a part of a group and, and there was a member of the group and I'm not sure we actually ever knew this person's real name. They lied about everything. They lied about their age. They lied about their job. They, they just lied and it's destructive. Lying is destructive. And to get into a group with people that that group is operating in deceit, it just destroys trust. In Colossians chapter three, again, we're gonna be in, in John 13, I'll get there. Uh, but I'm gonna be looking at a number of passages here. In Colossians three, nine through 10, it says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off, and that's an action step right there, put off is an action step. Put off what? The old self with its practices. And what is the old self with its practices? What is, that? what is the root of that? Well, it's the enemy. It's the devil. Jesus talks about that when the devil lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he's a liar, and he's the father of lies. And so we're not to lie to one another, seeing that we've put off the old self with its practices. And have put on. That's an action step. Put on. Put on what? Put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is evil practices rooted in the enemy or being renewed in the image and the knowledge of our God. You know, the real danger here is that when we get into a group, we're gonna put on a mask and use that mask to try and impress other people or to hide behind the mask because we don't want people to see the defects in our character. But all that leads to is being fake. And a group that is fake is destructive. It's not helpful. It's actually very, very harmful. So L is lying. Man, we have started off to a really positive sermon already today, haven't we? <laughs> well, let's keep going. I, impurity. 
Impurity, this is groups that destroy life, impurity. You know, a group celebrating sin is corrosive. It's corrosive to the conscience. It's going to eat away and eat away and eat away and eat away and deteriorate your life, deteriorate your conscience. And when you are with a group of people that are celebrating sin over and over and over, it has an impact to make us numb, numb to the truth, numb to to the fact that we're celebrating sin, making it feel normal and normalized. And that's really, really dangerous. In Colossians 3, verse 5, it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, when I was a teenager, uh, we started to use the word bad. Like, that's bad. That's bad. But we didn't mean like it was bad. We meant like it was good. And so me and all my friends are using the term, hey, that's bad. That's really bad. And so my dad finds out about this. And he comes to me and says, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah 5.20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. I, I gave my parents so many opportunities for discipleship. I'm, I was just really trying to build a parenting ministry. But you we're going to kill sin. We're to kill it. We're to kill sin. We're not to call evil things holy. We're not to call bad things good. And so we need to be careful not to celebrate impurity. So groups that destroy life, L is lying, I is impurity, F is fear. Fear. Wow. A group controlled by fear is enslaving. What a destructive environment. A group controlled by fear is enslaving. In Romans 8, 15, it says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. What does this mean? Well, we're born into sin, and the wages of sin, according to the Bible, have earned us death. And so we all start, the universal starting point for everyone is condemnation. Condemnation because of our own sin, which leads to death. In Proverbs 29 25, it says, the fear of man lays a snare. And, and, and we didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So we're not supposed to go back to fear. And if we operate in a group with fear or if we're afraid of people, afraid of the people that we're meeting with, and all of that is, it's very controlling, the fear-based, that's a trap that's all around us. The fear of man lays a snare. That's like having a trap all around us that the enemy wants to trip us up. But there's an alternative. Whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And that's what this verse is explaining. For you did not receive the spirit of of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. Adoption as sons or daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. That God is our Lord and he's our dad. He's our father. You might be finding yourself right now dealing with fear. You might have situations in your life that are very fearful to you. And I want to share with you from Psalm 27. And as I read four verses from Psalm 27, I hope that it will address the place of fear that you might be dealing with right now and that the Lord would really minister to you through his spirit and his word right now, that you would hear from God in addressing that place of fear in your life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. 
Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We're not to operate out of a place of fear. And groups that destroy life include fear. They include lying and impurity and fear. And then the E for groups that destroy life is empty. They're empty. A group that is captured by the world has no sustenance. It has no substance. It has no meat. It has nothing that will satisfy you. It is empty. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. A group that destroys life is empty. A group that just, that just focuses on the world, and it just focuses on philosophy, and it, flo- it focuses on just human tradition, it's empty. You know, God told the Israelites that they had committed two sins in Jeremiah 2.13. And the two sins were they had forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. So God is the fountain of living waters. He's the source for living water. Water that's going to satisfy and change your life. And he's saying that the first sin is that they had forsaken that fountain of living water. But the second sin is that they had hewed out cisterns for themselves. They'd gotten a shovel and tried to dig their own spiritual well. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. They're empty. And we need to be very careful that we try to go get out a spiritual shovel and dig our own new religion. Or get out a spiritual shovel and try to dig into what this world has to offer. Because we will come up empty. There is only one true source of living water. It's God Almighty. And every other alternative will leave you unsatisfied. There is no substitute for the spirit of the living God. There's no substitute for the word of God. You either have a genuine relationship with the living God or you don't. And so the encouragement would be to be very careful about groups that are so focused on the world. They're just empty. So these groups that destroy life, lying, impurity, fear, empty. Here's the great news. Church, we can do way better than this. We're the body of Christ, and we can do better than lying and impurity and fear and being empty. Those are not the kind of groups that we want to multiply. So what do we want to do? Well, we want to have groups that promote life. We want to have groups that don't destroy life, but that promote life. And so we're going to walk through this and we're going to replace all those letters with a better alternative. You know, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. You know, the, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief has one goal, ruin your life. The thief wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to take you out and destroy you and destroy your life. 
But Christ came that you might have life and that you might have that life to the fullest extent possible. And so when we talk about getting into groups, we want to get into groups that promote that kind of life in Jesus Christ. So let's look at what it is. And we want to multiply these types of groups. We want to multiply these groups that promote life and we want to multiply them one neighborhood at a time. We want to multiply these groups that promote life your neighborhood at a time. So what's the L? Love. Look at this. This sermon's going to turn out all right. Well, look at the direction we're heading now. We're talking about love. This is great. Some of you thought, man, this is going to be so depressing. No, just the first part. <laughs> it's going to be better now. Love. You know, Jesus and his disciples had this incredible moment. It was, we might refer to it as the night he was betrayed or the night he was arrested. We might refer to it as the Last Supper. But I want to read to you, uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn to John chapter 13. I'm going to read from John chapter 13 because what Jesus does in this chapter is he gives us an example of love. And he tells us that he is showing us the example of love. So if you have a Bible, you can read along with me. These ones aren't going to come up on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, just listen. Enter into the story with me of this incredible moment when Jesus shows what it is to love. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It says that Jesus loved them to the end. And so what happens? During the supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, so he's eating dinner with the enemy. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and that he was going back to God, he rose from the supper. And he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. So this is a very long towel. It's a towel that can be tied around his waist and there's still you know, enough of the towel left to be able to be used. It's a very long towel. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Imagine that, Jesus getting down on his hands and feet as a servant to wash with a basin of water the feet of the disciples. Can you picture that? And then to take his towel and dry them off. The very fact that I'm talking about washing feet in church has some of us feeling very uncomfortable right now. We may not even want anybody to see our feet. We definitely don't want anybody to touch them. And God forbid that they would smell them. <laughs> and Jesus' nose is attached to his face in this moment. And he's down there. And he's washing their feet. Do you see the picture of service that this is? What an incredible example of humility. He came to Simon Peter. We talked about Simon Peter a lot in our Gospel of Mark series, as Peter influenced Mark. He's a leader in the disciples. Who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? I'm like, is that really what we're doing today? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. We have to be very careful when we use the word never in connection with God. My wife said, I will never be married to a pastor. <laughs> Jesus. 
Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Like, let's do a bath then. And Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said, not all of you are clean. Wow. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to him, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right. For so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. What a picture. What a picture Jesus gives of this is what love looks like. This is what service looks like. This is what humility looks like. Is that not impressive to you? It's impressive to me. That's incredible. Well, in the chapter of John 13, it goes on, and Jesus says this in verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. How? How are we to love one another? Just as I have loved you. He says this right after he washes his disciples' feet. This is the new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And not only that, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When people see you humbly serve one another, they will look and go, that person must be connected to Jesus. For that person to have humility and service and sacrifice like that towards another person, that person must be connected to Jesus. They must know Jesus. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, people recognize a group that has sacrificial investment. A group that's promoting life and has sacrificial investment is like a magnet. People are drawn to it because they see, wow, that is incredible that people care about one another that much. That's amazing. You know, people call the church every day, all day, asking for help. Our, the phone on our front desk, it rings every day, all day. And one of the things that happens when we pick up that phone and see how we can help whoever's calling is when we hear about certain needs that people ask for, it's very revealing because it shows, there are certain needs that it shows that they're not connected into a life group. Because if they were connected into a life group, the need they're calling the church for and asking for help, it would have been taken care of in their group because a group is working together to take care of each other's needs and to sacrifice and to be humble and to serve and to really invest in one another. So what do we do? Well, we try to meet the need. But then we also try to solve the greater problem, which is let's get them into a group. Let's get these people into a group so that they can be a part of this kind of loving environment that they really need. You know, love meets needs. Love meets needs. Let me give you some examples of how this has worked for my family. Nine years ago, I was here working at the church. I was in a meeting, got a message from my wife. Hey, we, I need to talk to you like right now. It's an emergency. That's never good. 
It's never good um, when that happens. So I give her a call and she says, hey, the county just called and they want to know if we can be a safe place for a little girl to sleep tonight. I thought, okay, well, I think so. Yeah, why don't you, you know, yeah, we can be a safe place for a little girl to sleep tonight. So she called them back. 45 minutes later, that little girl showed up. She's never left. (laughs) And in that moment, she was one. She was one when she showed up. In that moment, the body of Christ, our small group, they rushed to the scene to help us. We had people pick up our kids from school. We had people go help us get stuff for a a one-year-old because like it was another one-year-old in the house because we already had a six-month-old in the house. I mean, we were so unprepared. We had no idea. 45 minutes later, here's this little girl. And the church rushed, the small group rushed, our community in Christ rushed around us to meet the need. An incredible example of sacrificial service to help us succeed in a moment in life we were completely unprepared for. Now, God loves us so much, he's given us multiple examples like that. In October of 2017, we had three children come to our home on the same day in the same car. A 13-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-month-old. And in that moment, the community, the church, the family of God rushed to help us. And our small group rushed to help us. In fact, so many people came to help us, I didn't want to forget. So I made a list of every name and what they did during that time. And yesterday morning, I pulled up that list and I read through it again. Because I don't want to forget the people. And some of you are in the room right now and you know who you are. And you showed up. You showed up to help. To be a part of the solution. Such an incredible example that my wife and I have experienced firsthand when the body of Christ comes together to meet a need. Pastor Lonnie has a great quote. He says, life groups work when people come to give, but life groups don't work when people come to be served. Life groups work when people come to give, but life groups don't work when people come to be served. You know, God calls us to do big things for Jesus Christ, but God loves us big to get it done. God calls us to do big things for Jesus Christ, and God loves us big to make sure the job gets done, and he works through his people. He works through his church. He works through the body of Christ. He works through a small group of people who are working together to love each other sacrificially. So, groups that promote life, L is love. I is increase. The principle of increase is throughout Scripture. Basically, when you do things God's way, he blesses it. When you do things the way that God wants you to do it, he brings an increase into your life. And groups that are promoting life, they're gonna multiply. They're gonna multiply, and there's a bit of a life cycle of groups. And you know, it's a wonderful thing when a group is so healthy, it grows and needs to become two groups. What a testimony to the health of that group, that that group was so healthy, it grew, and it needed to multiply because it was no longer small. And now you have, you know, a large group. (laughs) Well, The goal of it was to be small, so it needed to multiply, and now you've got two groups. What a a great testimony. That is so positive and something to celebrate as a group has increased to multiply. 
There's a verse that talks about how Jesus increased in Luke 2.52. Jesus increased in four ways. He increased in wisdom, that's knowledge rightly applied. He increased in stature, that's our physical health. He increased with favor with God, that's spiritual relationship with the Lord. And he increased with, with favor with man, that's social relationship, being part of the body of Christ, being in fellowship with one another. And when people come together in Jesus Christ, they grow in these ways. And we should expect and encourage one another to increase in wisdom. We should expect and encourage one another to increase in our physical health. We should expect and encourage one another to increase in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We should expect and encourage one another to increase in our relationship with the body of Christ, with, with others in relationship. You know, a healthy group multiplies. Every group has some things. Every group needs a leader. You have to have a leader for every group. But every group also should have a leader in training. And I extend a challenge to every group that's a part of Big Valley Grace Community Church to identify a leader in training. Why? Because we want to see groups multiply. And the best way to see groups multiply is to have a leader. And the best leader is someone who has been in a group and knows what it is to be in a group. And so every group should have a leader in training. But every group should also have an open seat. And that open seat is for your neighbor. As you're inviting your neighbor and you're you know, building relationship with your neighbor, praise God the day that your neighbor decides, you know what, I think I'm gonna take these Jesus people up on their offer and I'd like to come find out what these Jesus people are all about. Boom, there's a seat in your life group ready for them. At Big Valley Grace Community Church, we are not an us four no more kind of church. There's always a seat for our neighbor in every group. We want to reach our neighbors for Jesus Christ. Pastor Rich Sasser, our men's pastor, has an incredible quote. A man alone is an accident waiting to happen. Isn't that awesome? That's just such a great quote. He says this all the time at men's ministry. A man alone is an accident waiting to happen. Well, the more life groups that multiply, the more neighbors are reached, the less men are alone as an accident waiting to happen. We want to see groups grow. We want to see them increase. We want to see them multiply. Groups that promote life, L, love. I, increase. F is fellowship. I was going to do food, but fellowship sounded more spiritual, so I put fellowship in there instead. But my group eats together like all the time. We share meals together like all the time. It's wonderful to share a meal with people. When you share a meal with someone, everyone slows down. Everybody's diffused. Defenses go down. You take time. You find out about how people are doing. That's an awesome thing. And we encourage groups to eat together. Have a meal together. In 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 14, we have some encouragement regarding fellowship. It says, finally, brothers, rejoice. That's party. My group parties all the time. We love to party. We have a lot to celebrate. Aim for restoration. That's working through issues. Hey, issues are going to arise. We're people. But, like, don't quit and jump ship. Like, work through it. Comfort one another. Listen. Pray for one another. Our group spends significant time, every time we get together, finding out how are we doing and finding out how we can be in prayer for one another. And then praying that God will remind us to be praying for one another throughout the week. That we keep praying for one another. Agree with one another. That's operating in truth. That's not everybody has the same opinion. That's operating out of truth. Live in peace. That's spiritual harmony. And the God of love and peace will be with you. That's enjoying the presence of God in community. 
Greet one another with a holy kiss. I don't practice this literally, but I will offer a hug. I will offer an embrace. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I'm so glad you're in our home. Hey, I'm so glad we could spend time together. If you try to kiss me, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Do you see the incredible bond? That is the triune God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's who we're in fellowship with. We're in fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's who the group's in fellowship with. That's an incredibly strong bond. That's an incredibly strong fellowship bond. It's been said by many people many times. I know for sure R.C. Sproul would say he's with the Lord now. God and you is a majority. God and you is a majority. If God is for you, who could be against you? I mean, that's who we're talking about, who we're meeting with when we come together with fellowship. We're with the living God. Incredible. Pastor Scott Stubbert has a great quote we use in our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Isolation is a choice. You may be here and you may be feeling very isolated. You may be in a position right now where you're experiencing isolation. But there is no reason for you to stay there. The only reason you choose to move forward and stay isolated is because you chose to be isolated. Because the body of Christ is right here. And you do not need to live in isolation. In fact, we're gonna help you today to not be isolated because we want you to be in a group with other believers so that you are not isolated. So groups that promote life. L is love and I is increase. F is fellowship. E is exalt, exalt. Groups that promote life, exalt, exalt Christ. One of the things that I think about often when we gather for prayer in my home with those who have come into it, one of the prayers that I pray often is God help us Help this home to be salt and light to this neighborhood. Help this home, because there are believers in this home, because we are praying together in this home, because we're in the word of God together in this home, because we've invited people over to our home, and we do that often, to be about the Lord together. Would this home be salt and light in this neighborhood? Would our neighborhood be different because this home is here, because the people who are gathered here are here? In Philippians 2, 5 through 11, it says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. We already looked in John 13 what one of those is. When he wraps a towel around his waist, gets down on his hands and knees, and he washes the disciples' feet. But that's not the only way. He was being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As we exalt Jesus Christ in our life group, how will God draw people to himself? How will God use a group of believers who are exalting Christ 
to attract people to Jesus, to bring people into relationship with Jesus. You know, I've noticed that as the members of our life group, as they exalt Christ in their lives, how it really puts them in a position to really be of influence in their neighborhood, to meet their neighbors, to get to know their neighbors, to have them be someone that their neighbors wants to spend time with and get to know. And we are watching people in our life group be used by God as a witness for Jesus Christ in their neighborhood in some amazing ways to really build bridges for the gospel in their neighborhood. It's really amazing to watch. God is using their witness. So here's a quote from me. Am I going to worship Joel or Jesus today? This is a question I have to ask every day. Am I going to worship Joel or Jesus today? You know, just because I'm a pastor doesn't make me immune from sin. I have to make a daily decision to worship Christ and to exalt Christ. One of the things that I pray often is, Lord, when I get to the end of today, would I have spent today on you? Would I have invested today on you? Would I have spent my day on Jesus? So, groups that promote life. L, love. I, increase. F, fellowship. E, exalt. I mean, that is a great group. That's a great group. That is a foundation for an incredible group, a group that will really accomplish a lot for the Lord. Let's put that in a sentence. Love, increase, fellowship, exalt. Love will increase fellowship to exalt Jesus Christ. That's the type of groups we want to have. Love will increase fellowship to exalt Jesus Christ. Those are the types of groups we want to promote. Those are the types of groups we want to multiply. Those are the types of groups I want you to experience. Our family has been able to experience being a part of a group where love will increase fellowship to exalt Jesus Christ. And I want you to know it has been an incredible blessing. It has been an incredible privilege to be a part of that kind of group with others. And I don't want you to miss out on it. I want you to experience being in a group like this. And you know it's going to make a difference with our neighbors. I fully expect that as a life group partners together to go on mission for Jesus Christ in their neighborhood, that it will grow, that it will multiply, that the kingdom of God will expand with every new believer that's added and every disciple that is reached to go reach their neighbors as well. So we want you to be a part. And so we're helping you today. And the way we're helping you is we've got this great brochure and it's got a list of, of groups to be a part of. In fact, I took this list to my small group last week, and I said, hey, I think we're a really great group, but in case any of you disagree, I've got some options for you to help you find a different group. Uh, thank you for some of you that laughed at that. Uh, but we want to get you into a group. We want, to, we want to get you into a group. Yeah, you can see some of them are filled up from last week, but we've got lots of options. And if you don't find an option that even works on here, guess what we have? We've got a card right here. And this card you can use to say, hey, this is the group I want to be a part of, or hey, I need some help. These don't work, and I need to, maybe God would use you to be a part of the solution to start a new group. And you can talk to our team about that. But wow, we want to see you in community. I don't want you to miss out on the incredible blessing of doing life with others around Jesus Christ, centered around Jesus Christ. Now, we've got groups that meet throughout all of Modesto and other towns. But we've got groups, groups that meet on campus, too. We've got all kinds of groups. 
And I'm sure you're going to be able to find one for you, or you're going to be able to start one for you. But we want to encourage you to be in a group. Let's stand together as we pray. Father God, Lord, we want to honor you. We want to honor you. And will we be more and more becoming like you? So God, help us. We need your help in so many ways. Help us to be the church you want us to be. Help us to be becoming the church you want us to be. And God, would you use us to reach our neighbors? Would more and more people come to know Jesus Christ because of the people who are gathered right here, right now? Would you use us to expand your kingdom? We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen.